Hey Ryan, what's going on? Hey, what's up? That was new. I don't remember ever ringing before. <laughs> well, they're always changing something, so. <laughs> All right, so let's get this started. All right. And still no fade in. <laughs> but we got a phone ringing now when somebody calls. <laughs> nice. All right, here we go. Welcome everybody to the It's Too Wordy Comic Book Podcast, where a couple of buddies talk about their comic talking about comics from their childhood and today. I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. And we've got a lot to cover. Uh, we missed last week, and so we are looking at Crisis on Infinite Earths number two. Um Modoc Head Games number one and Monstrous Talk Stories number one. And uh, I think we're going to start off with uh, Modoc. So, okay, did you know that Patton Oswald was the writer for this? I looked after I read it. Because I'm like, like, this is funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I. I thought it was probably going to be a little bit more serious. I like it when Modoc is more humorous, not intentionally, you know, but um, where they make him a little bit more humorous just because he, he is such a weird looking character. Yeah. Um, I thought the story was great and it went so fast. Uh-huh. It did. It it was just easy to read. I thought the art was decent. Um, obviously, they made a Modoc look awesome. You know, there's a couple of pages where I was like, uh, probably could have done something a little bit better. But I mean, truthfully, you don't have to worry about too many faces because almost all of the characters are under a mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the aim characters all look the same. So yeah. <laughs> One has armor. That's pretty much all you have to do. Yeah. It, I thought this was great. Um, I, I played with the idea of getting it. And then when we talked about doing it for the uh, show, I'm like, okay, I like my Modoc. I am really pleased with it. I'm looking forward to the rest of it. Um, yeah, I was laughing through this whole thing, and I'm like, who wrote this? And I look back, and I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. Because I think, I'm trying to think what I read recently that I saw he did. Oh, it was in the Batman, or the the most, Batman 100, I think, where it was a bunch of short stories. He did a story in there, too. Yeah. I can't remember who the character was, but... That one was enjoyable. It, it shows that he's a fan, and I love it. He gets it. And when he puts on that Ant-Man helmet... Right, and he grabs all <laughs> the Avengers stuff. Yeah. Herbie. Yep. <laughs> well, the dumb thing is she, she did bioengineering, right? So she created a banner booster, and she injects yeah. her arm with it. And it only affects her arm. And he's like, well, that seems like a waste of time. 
because he's like making fun. He's like, oh, you invested all that time in biochemistry. Clearly, my time was better spent. And he's using like claws, amplifier, like uh, Deadpool's uh, belt of grenades, Star-Lord's element gun. And I think that's the uh, the Black Knight's sword. That's what I thought it was, yeah. Now, I think that was the one thing I did have a problem with. She put in the banner booster or whatever. Now, that arm swelled up to Hulk size, and the rest of her body stayed the same. Right. How does she so lift I, it? The, yeah, that's just it. How would she lift that? <laughs> it's not like her. It would just break her shoulder. Yeah. It, she it would just sit on the floor and not move at all. Um but no, this was just fantastic. I really liked the surprise ending. Yeah. I'm like, really? Um, I like that they're playing around with he may or may not have a family type deal. Uh-huh. This was great. Excellent call on your part. I'm glad they finally are doing him right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was funny in... What is that old cartoon? Marvel superheroes. Superhero. Yeah. Yeah. When he was uh, made only for kissing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he he was also in the third, maybe version of Secret Avengers. Didn't he have his own like Modoc's Avengers stories? Didn't he have something like that? He had something like that from what I remember, yeah. But, you know, this is he's just one of those characters. He doesn't get used a ton. Absolutely the love the fact that they don't use him a ton. Because it makes it more fun to see him when he shows up. And I was so worried that this book wasn't going to be good. But I actually picked up the Scotty Young variant just because it looked fun. <laughs> nice. Like, well, if, even if the book's bad, at least the picture's funny. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah, excellent choice on your call or your point there, Nick. Well, I, I knew that we both like Modoc, so yeah. How could we say no? You know, a four-issue mini, perfect amount of Modoc. Do it every once in a while. Call it good. Yeah. Can't wait to see where the story goes. Absolute would say this is a pickup. And it's only $3.99. I know, compared to like how much books are going to start coming out as. Yeah. Pretty ridiculous. All right. Where are we headed next? Uh, let's do uh, monstrous talk stories. Or do you okay. want to do Crisis? We can do Crisis, then we can move into you, Monstrous. You want to do Crisis first? Let's do Crisis first. Sure, let's do Crisis. All right, so Crisis on Infinite Earths, number two. Um, I found this one was a little easier to read because you actually got past all the introduction part. Yep. Um. This may be the only 
Um, let's see what I know. There's a section in here that I was thinking of. Hold on a second. Oh, there it is. Um, this may be the only version of Commandy I ever care for. Uh, <laughs> Isn't he just climbing a tower? Yes. So that's, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. I'm good with that. Um, I never understood why everybody loves Commandy. Like, he is probably my least favorite Jack Kirby creation. He did New Gods too, didn't he? Yep. Yeah, that's. See, you wouldn't have Mr. Miracle if you didn't have the New Gods. I know. That's the problem. I, I'm <laughs> weighing the whole New Gods. You know, if it was just Mr. Miracle, okay, I'm good. But I'm weighing the whole New Gods. I've never cared for Orion, Big Barda. I've just never liked the New Gods. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Commanding new gods are a close tie, yeah. with the exception of Mister Miracle. Okay, note self: never make you read a new gods book. Hey, I am willing to read it. I'm just <laughs> not a fan of it. Tower packs a different level. I. <laughs> Did you pick it up this week? Power pack number one? You know, I picked it up. I and flipped you put it back through on. it. And I put it promptly back down. I'm like, no, I can't do this. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm willing to read a new God's book. It just, they've always kind of bored me. Um, all right. So in this particular issue, there's a lot of time jumping going on. Um, start off, and I like how they put some humor in it. The caveman guy whacks his head on a branch, riding a woolly mammoth. Um, you right. know, they they show up in the future with the legion. Um, the legion's trying to figure out what to do with them. Uh, I really liked the Batman Joker storyline in here. Thought that was really good. Mm -hmm. I completely forgot about, and I've I've read this several times. So I forgot about the Flash showing up like this. Oh yeah, just right in front of Batman, and just yeah. like kind of like giving him that warning. And they but he's not really similar. supposed to be doing it, <laughs> right? He, yeah, he's not supposed to be doing it. And they did something similar, and I think I had it in my head that it was more of a current thing because they did something similar um, in Batman Flash crossover where it was uh, regarding the... Uh, oh, man, I can't think of his name. The comedian's pin from The Watchmen. Uh-huh. And there's four issues, and they're all lenticular covers. And The Flash shows up, like he did here and talks to Batman. And for some reason, I kind of blanked that it happened here first. Um, I don't know. I, I lo love the story of this. Um, I like the team ups that they kind of did with the characters. You weren't expecting them to kind of go off, you know, like, um, 
Superman or um, when the Earth Two Superman and um, the Gorilla Solivar, yeah, Solivar and Dawnstar are all working together. I love that team up. I thought that was really cool. Um, when they broke off with uh, Atlantis and they had that team, I'm like, mm-hmm. that was a good choice. You know, it's not the same over and over again. Um, yeah, this one was a lot easier. I think it was actually a thinner issue, wasn't it? <laughs> At least it felt like that. It felt like it, yeah. Next issue looks a lot longer. I don't know why. I don't, they're all the same issue length, but it just seems like some of them are just more heavy. Yeah. Like this one was just setting stuff up. Yeah, I, I think it helps when it's a bunch of characters that you're, you know a little bit too. You know? Um, you do see Superman and Batman and the Joker in this. Um, and you're like, oh yeah, you recognize those guys instantly. Um, the Green Lanterns get involved in this with the um, the Guardians show up, right? The Guardians, yeah. And I loved how they were nullified. Um, you know, they're supposed to see everything that's going on, and that they, they were taken out quickly. Um, I liked how Psycho Pirate was messing with Pariah. You know, right. it just. There's just so many little things and you know, you can't just read through it. You got to really kind of look at these pages because there's so much going on in them as well. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to reading the next issue for this. Yeah. That does look a little bit thicker. I think the, probably one of the bigger events in this book was, Alexander Luthor, who got shot off uh, as a baby just days ago, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. is now toddler-sized. Yep, he grows fast. Yeah. So, and you know that's going to be heading somewhere. Um, yeah. Any yeah. other thoughts on this one, Nick? Nope. Um, All right. I can't. I, I really want to dig more into it because I think it's going to be a lot more fun as we go in, mm-hmm. and we see more of the the repercussions of what goes on. Yeah, I agree. So. All right. And I'm trying to act like I never read it before. So yeah. Going back into it, I'm like, like, oh, okay, yeah. It's it's. There's a lot of stuff that you catch now that you didn't back then, and it's kind oh, of yeah. fun. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. I mean, like I said, I've read this several times. And I'm catching new stuff in it all the time or stuff I forgot about because it's like, was this really important? You know, and all of a sudden after you've read it, you're like, oh, wow, that's how much of an impact this particular character had for this story. Yeah. Fantastic story. All right. Do you want to jump into monstrous talk stories? Number one of two that came out last couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so a couple of weeks ago was local comic shop day as well. So I picked up the shiny cover for local comic shop day, uh, for this particular issue. And it is just beautiful. Um, I forgot how much I enjoyed, 
these characters. Mm -hmm. um, so with this one, if you've never read Monstrous before, you kind of don't... You, I think it was a little tougher to understand what was going on. Would you agree? Yeah, because I was lucky enough to find the reprints of issue one of Monstrous, so I got a little bit more knowledge into it. But if I would have uh -huh. read this as itself, I would be so lost. At like, least in the beginning, because like, once it got into the middle and stuff, you'd really it didn't really matter. But right, once it got past like even page one, you get past page one and two, you're good to go. Right. But if you're like, who the heck are these two ladies in the beginning? Yep. What you know? Why are they all bandaged up? What is going on? But um, yeah, and this is all about um. Oh, what's the gal's name? The main the gal. little fox girl. Um, yeah. See, I knew this was going to happen. It was given a week. <laughs> right. She has it. I think it was over here. Perry. It's not Perry. Do they even say her name? I don't think they say it in this. But it's a little fox girl, and she's telling uh, the story about her and how she ended up where she was at. And her and her stepsister, I guess, or half-sister, uh, we're out gathering scavenging and they bring it back home to their mother and the mother shows all the affection to the girl telling the story and kind of blows off the half sister and she's her like name oh, is both of us perry her, her name is kippa tippa right kippa tip yeah that's it k-i-p-p-a yeah so it's kippa and perry so the mother's giving T Kippa all the love, and Perry's getting rejected, basically. Um, and Kippa's really, I mean, she just absolutely loves this sister. And apparently the dad is an amputee who's drunk and at some point had an affair where the, yep. this is where Perry came from. Um, and there are instant, is it like a concentration camp? Is that how you, that's see how it? I see it. Um, but isn't Kippa the one that got, wasn't she the one that came from the affair and that's why she hates her so much. Maybe I'm confused because everybody looks the same. Yeah. No, one I has think, dark hair, one doesn't. But Yeah, dark hair is Perry, and Perry's the one that's getting blown off by the mother. Uh, about five pages in, right after uh, they get yeah. back. Okay. Yeah, okay. See, it's been a week. Yeah. 
And yeah, we've she, read a lot since. <laughs> she didn't have messed up hair. Kippa has messed up hair, and Perry doesn't. Perry's the one that's getting scolded a lot. So yeah. I thought it was the other way around when I first read it, but that's okay. But uh, that's why we're talking about it. Yeah. So they are in some kind of a concentration camp, and um, they're friendly with one of the guards, and they let the guard lets them kind of sneak in to scavenge for food. And basically just said, don't get caught. And they're kind of going through them searching for everything. And uh, Perry makes a comment how they haven't had meat since the moon festival. And even then it was just like flavored meat. And uh, Kip is like, oh yeah, we got this. We're going to make this work. They go get all this food. They come home. They prepare this amazing meal um, adding some fried rice is like a stew <clears throat> and they fix it all up the mother comes in and just rips off or just rips into him um, and she's like and they're afraid that she's like afraid that because of the smell of the food it will attract the rest of the people in this camp to come running. So they need to eat fast. And uh, Kip is like, Hey, this is supposed to be a good surprise. And Perry goes, yeah, we did this. So you would love me. And she's like, Oh yeah, you little, or it said to both the girls, you, you little fools. Um, and then tells them to, hide the food under a trap door because all these people started coming into their place looking for him. And, uh, she goes in the mother goes into how you can't buy love. And she's never, she basically said she's never going to love Perry. <laughs> right. She's, Which, she, she said, I need you to harsh. love me. No, you don't. Kippa loves you. Your father loves you. If you that's love you yourself, need. that's all you have. That's, that will be enough. <laughs> man talking about harsh um oh apparently they're supposed to be little foxes maybe mm -hmm. human foxes <laughs> they eat and she gets done telling the story and um the lady she's talking to she goes you've never told me about your sister before and kippa you see kind of tears well up in her eyes and she's like, yeah, we got to get the food out to these people. Let's go. And just ignores answering that question, which I think is probably going to get addressed most likely in the next issue. Yep. Um, this is just an amazing story. I know you kind of want to get into the first issue a little bit. So you want to head Let's that see direction? If I can remember any of it. Um, so it's a story about a culture that splintered. They, this, the society created another life form that looks almost identical to them. And they are second class citizens now. And they live as property or in concentration camps. And 
this book is absolutely gorgeous. Like, if you like anime, it's right up your alley because this is, it reads and has a pacing of like a really good anime. So it starts out with one of these, I can't remember what they're called. You remember what they're called? That, no. It, it has been a very long time since I read that. I'm sorry, I don't remember. Right. Let's see if I can find out. Yeah, it's okay. It's not a big deal. I. It's been two weeks since I've read this, and I'm, there's no way I'm going to remember everything. So, uh, they also will take these beings and take their essence out of them, kind of like in the dark crystal when the Skeksis would take the, the essence from the, the fairy folk. I can't remember their names either because my brain is effing dead and pop culture is just not my thing right now because I can never remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> so this story is about one of the ladies. Her name is Micah, M-A-I-K-A. Does that sound yes. right? Yes. All right. She has some kind of psychic link with a monster, right? And she has these powers inside of her that she's been trying to get out. And she gets herself bought and taken into a prison. And, of course, there's this piece of crap jailer who's always messing with her. There's uh, horrible guards that will dissect little kids without any compassion they're just like yeah we're just going to take you and you know just stop screaming you know <laughs> <laughs> so they, they take this one little kid and he's got like one eye and then you know that they're going to do some messed up crap to him and it goes like months and months and months of her sitting in this jail cell and She's trying to use her powers to open the gates. And she's been trying for a long time to use this power. And the jailers keep coming back. They keep taking little kids, taking their lilium out of their bodies to use. And the next one that's up is a little fox girl. And that is the one from the issue that we read last time. Kippa. And she's getting, she's getting taken and uh, Micah starts freaking out, right? She doesn't want this girl to go. The jailer starts electrocuting her and she starts absorbing all of that power. And she just blows the, the jail cell apart and kills the guard and releases all the prisoners and they all leave except for Kippa and Micah. And they decide that they're going to go visit the lady that bought her and the one that's taking the Lilium from everybody. So they're going through the complex. They're just killing people like left and right. They're taking their guns. They're, you know, they're just fighting. And the whole time, Kippa's just right behind her. And they get to 
the main, the warden's office, right? And apparently this warden knew Micah's mom and knew Micah as a kid. And she just, everybody in this is a complete psycho. I will say that. Everybody, complete psycho. But, yeah, so they, they defeat the warden and they, they leave. And then, yeah, I don't know. Like, Micah gets sick and a cat comes along and talks to her in poetry. Yeah. It's cool. It's a good book. I recommend it. Go get it. Um, there's a ton of graphic novels. I don't know how many issues this thing went, but I think it's still going. I know I got the first one, and I really thought it was great. Let's see how many are there. Holy shit! Of course. Collected editions, there is five. Six. There's Monstrous Book One, which has issues one through 18, and that thing's got to be humongous. And then there's, yeah, volume one, two, three, four, and five. It's cool. I've yeah, been getting in, getting into more anime lately, so this was kind of perfect for me. I think it's a great series, uh, and it's just different than everything else right now. And I know, like first prints of that are going for like fifty, eighty bucks too. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody realized what it was going to be. Right. So it was probably everybody was thinking, "Oh, it's probably just another monster book." Blah blah blah. Who cares? But no, it's, it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Even I thought that. I'm like, oh, great. Monster book. Very sweet. <laughs> no, it's a, good, it's a good story. I really enjoyed it. All right. Um, so now we've kind of hit the random read section. I, I, you kind of did one there with the first issue. You want to keep going? Sure. For so we went out for Black Friday or uh, Small Business Saturday, and I picked up some stuff for me and my daughter. And so I picked her up. I picked her up the Flintstones number twelve from Harvey Comics, and this is from nineteen ninety four. So uh, reading this. Wilma is very abusive to Fred. She calls him fat at least five times. She beats him up in one of these. So they're, they're short, they're short stories. So there's like three in here. And let me just say the first one is Fred is driving home from work and he sees a woman getting chased by a guy that looks like Snidely Whiplash, right? And she mm -hmm. looks like Nell. And Fred's like, hey, no, 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 this did not happen. And he's he's chasing him down. And he uh, 
he knocks the, the evil guy to the ground and it ends up being a movie that they're filming in bedrock. <laughs> and the director is, is like trying to get Fred to stop. And Fred's like, no way, no, no, no. And he's trying to beat this guy up. And he, he knocks out the film star, like uh, Rick Redford. And <laughs> uh, the girl looks like Nell is like, Oh, my hero. You know, and they're, they're still running and filming this. And the director's like, you ruined my masterpiece. And the, the, the photographer's like, no, hold it, Cecil. We got the most amazing fight scene in the history of film. And so Fred ends up being in the movie as the hero. And, you know, he's, he's his name is now Fearless Fred. And he's doing a whole bunch of stunts, like riding dinosaurs, getting arrows thrown at him or shot at him, twirling guns like a cowboy. And he, the girl kisses him on the face, all over the face. And he, he goes home to Wilma and she's like, where have you been? Wait, Wilma, I was a, I was a movie star. They called me Fearless Fred. I'm a cowboy star. Uh-huh. Do cowboy stars wear red lipstick? And then you just see, pow, bam, crash. No, Wilma, don't. <laughs> and, and Dino is running out of the house. And Fred calls the director and he's like, I can't make it anymore. I'm not as fearless as I thought. And he is, he's got a broken arm. He's got two black eyes. He's got a concussion, like wraps around his head. He's got a broken foot. And Wilma's just in there making like dinner. Like she just like beat the crap out of him. And now she's just making dinner. Like it didn't even matter. Huh? It was like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> did I get this for my kid? Oh shit. Um, yeah, there, there's a, there's a lot of her calling him dumb and fat and stupid and yeah i was like wow she is so evil <laughs> you know just like okay i don't remember wilma being like that in the movie or she, in the cartoon horrible so and i picked up an issue that i've been looking for for years and i got this before the cartoon series came out way back in the day i think it was like 90 maybe 92 um Fish Police number one from Fish Rat Comics. Have you ever read Fish Police? No, I remember you telling me about it, but have you ever, ever found a copy of it? So I finally have issue one and two, and I think it actually goes on for quite a while. Um, so it went from Fish Rap with 12 issues, then it went to Comico for one, then it went to another one for Comico for 14, then... Apple Press got it for nine, and then Marvel got it for six. How have I never seen more than two issues of it in my entire life? And I've never seen any. It's it's crazy, because if it was that popular that they even made a, a show about it, you'd be able to, you know, 26 issues, there's got to be more than, you know, two running around. Um, cool thing, Inker, Sam Keith. <laughs> really? Yep. 
Before Max, huh? Before Max. So if you like bone, the, the clean lines, the black and the white, you're going to love this. It's, it's pretty funny. So it's about a police officer named Gil. Of course, his name is Gil. And he runs... Well, he's he's not a he's not a cop, right? Is he a cop? I can't remember. Yeah, he's a detective, and he's always complaining about you know if you give me just five minutes with the guy that created stairs, why the hell are there stairs underwater? You know, <laughs> he's he's got fins and he's like just one guy, one five minutes with that guy that created, you know that, and uh, and. He's always he's always bitching about something, and he he runs home and he finds an angelfish in his house, and she hires him to do a job, and he he keeps dropping hints like that he used to be human, right? And I don't think this has ever been. I don't I, I haven't like I said I haven't read any more issues than the first two. So I don't know if he's actually from Earth and got put over there. But the angelfish has brought up something that um, – a thing called hairballs. And hairballs is a drug that's hitting the, 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 the waterways that can send you to another world where people have legs. <laughs> uh It's it's goofy, it's weird. But if you like like noir detective stories, and if you don't mind it being about fish, I would check it out. It's really well done. And I can understand why this got picked up because it's it's actually a really good story. But just never finding it. I mean, there's a like Fish Police Hairballs by Comico from 87 had an introduction by Harlan Ellison. It's like, oh, what? Why can I not find these? And John Ritter played the main character of Inspector Gill on the TV show. Nice. It only lasted like six, but yeah. I mean, it was on, uh, what, CBS? So it was like right around when the Flash was on TV too, and it was done by Hanna Barbera. I have, until you brought it up, I had never heard of this. So, so get this: these are people that played characters in this: Ed Asner, John Ritter, Tim Curry, Hector Elizondo, Buddy Hackett, Megan Mullally, Robert Guillaume, and Joe Beth Williams. Wow! Like. What? <laughs> Why can I not find any more? Okay, so Sam Keith uh, inked a single panel and drew a next issue pinup. That's all he did. So it's not like he did everything, but he did he did like one before he got big. Wow. I, yeah, and I've since you brought it up the last time several months ago. I have been looking. I haven't. I'm not seeing them. I found some original art online, and it was super cheap. 
I can understand why, because nobody knows what this book is, but. <laughs> um, so next up, I picked up FemForce number 190. <laughs> $6. Okay. It's got two stories in it, and I can't tell you what the hell happened. So the first one, she-cat, she's like this weird cat girl, right? And she's got a werewolf attacking her, but that's the, like the inside of her attacking her. It's it's just, it's, it's, it drops you in like a hundred issues after something happened. Like there's a villain. So this is issue 190 and this is a callback. This for the smooth skinny on the entire Zaltair situation, check Femforce number 99 and 100. That's 10 years ago. <laughs> and they're going to clearly be very easy to find. Right. Even at that date and age. <laughs> it's like, um, what? I, I, I'm sorry. I, I like these characters. I just don't know what's going on. And the thing, like everybody thinks that this is just a giant boob comic, but there's actually not that much. I mean, it's more story. I haven't seen, there's like, yeah, okay. Um, there's one panel with Night Vale, which is, uh, what's her name? Phantom Lady. Well, of course, she's got huge boobs. And they're, they, yeah, they focus on them for like one panel. Whoopee. All right. So it's not a giant boob comic, which a lot of people probably would think of. And my last one, which took me twice to understand what the hell is going on. <laughs> Is it a Grant Morrison book? <laughs> it's a Tom King book. Serious. Batman Catwoman number one by DC Black Label. It travels through three different timelines and they don't tell you that. It's just... Uh, it's weird. Okay, so there's this lady. She's driving a car. She's going... I guess in Florida, because that's that bridge that's going to the Keys. Then there's... And she's Catwoman, because she's got a black cat on her lap. Um, then there's a lady, she's got red hair, and she's talking to Bruce in the manor. And... Alfred is there? But he's not? Because... I think Bruce sees the him, but he's not there. Very weird. So then Bruce and this chick head to the bedroom and they're they're doing something, something, something. And Catwoman arrives at this place in Florida and there's a guy there, right? No name. Not a name. And he's like, oh, my God, Selena Kyle, that you after all these years? Hello. And then it goes back to the past. And Batman is talking to Catwoman about Andrea Beaumont. You remember who Andrea Beaumont is from uh, Night of the Phantasm. Okay. Right. So she's Phantasm, which is awesome because I love that character. And it turns out that the lady that was at the house that Bruce 
banged is Andrea Beaumont. And this goes a little bit further in time. And he's talking to Catwoman about how Andrea came back to Gotham to find her son. So Batman and Catwoman are about to head out on an adventure and like split up, go find the Joker and I'll go find the kid, right? And they stop and they make out on a roof. What? Okay, great. And it goes back to the future where and Catwoman's talking to that old dude in Florida and then it goes back to the past and Catwoman is talking to the Oh God, like the Rat King. Is that his name? Rat King? Because I'm am I getting it confused with the Ninja Turtle character? Sewer King. No. Sewer King, right? I, and, yeah, that sounds right. So there is so much disjointedness. Okay, so they're in a sewer with the Sewer King, and they're fighting crocodiles under Gotham. And then it goes to, in the same page, Catwoman is now falling into a bed with a dead guy, and the Joker is sitting in a chair. What the hell is going on? So it switches times, and it doesn't tell you when it switches times. And apparently this is now, because the Joker knows that, you know... uh Batman is banging Catwoman. And he's like, well, I'm not the one stooping the bat, right? And they're, t they're talking about the kid. Like, where's the kid? Well, he's with his dad. And so who's the dad of this kid? Is it Joker? Is it Batman? What? Does Batman have another son? And then it goes that they find the kid, and he's been Jokerized under a... He's, I I don't know. I, I I think Batman and Catwoman at least bang at least three times in this. Hmm. But I'm glad makes, I did not pick that up. It makes no sense. You have to go to... I read it twice, and you have to go to a webpage that breaks it down even more to make a sense of it. Even they don't know what the hell's going on. So... Uh, well, the, the, I wonder if once it's all put together, it'll I'm make sure. a lot more sense because that's what a lot of Tom King's stuff is. I'm sure it will, but for issue one, it just, uh, I don't know. I'm sure it'll make sense. I can't just read issue one and just leave it at that. So I'm probably going to pick up the next couple. Hopefully it gets better. <laughs> like I'm glad that they brought Phantasm back, but the fact that you they're talking about somebody's kid, like Andrea's kid, and they show, you know, that she left because she's afraid of the Joker after the movie. And uh, I don't know. So it could easily be one of their kid, you know. So I don't know how many Ill illegitimate kids Bruce has running around, but it's got to stop. <laughs> well, they're just building up a supply of Robins for we him. Don't, yeah, we don't. Uh, 
once we get tired of Damien and we have a one eight hundred number, we can call to kill him off. <laughs> They'll bring in uh, Zeppo the Boy Wonder <laughs> because they're going to run out of names. <laughs> You know it's true. They're gonna run Ooh. out. They're, we got we got Dick. We got we got Jamie. We got we got the Russian Pietro, and he was from the Russian circus. Yeah, it, I don't know. Oh, that's <laughs> Zippo. I hope somebody hears this and uses that. That would be amazing. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh. <laughs> right. <coughs> all right. Okay, that's all I got. <sighs> all right. Um. Okay, so I want to start off. I talked about this book a while back, and I'd only done one or two issues of it. Um, it's called Alien Legion by Epic Comics. Nice. I almost picked that up too. They're cheap. They're like quarter bin fodder is what it is. I read the first couple. I thought, hey, you know what? This is really good. I really enjoy it. I'm going to pick up more issues. Now I've got, I didn't even realize there was two series of it. There's a first series and a second series. And this is just unbelievable, fun space storytelling. Um, it is a bunch of essentially space cops there's aliens and everything else um that are in this core and they're just kind of like i guess no i guess they're more like a military operation but every story is just fantastic a lot of them are standalone stories so you don't need to know a whole ton that's going on um it helps if you've read some other ones so you know who some of the characters are and what they can do. Um, but as a whole, I want to promote this. If you find it, pick it up, and especially if you're finding them in a quarter bin. It's just fantastic. Um, this is some of the – the art is just gorgeous in this. Um you really start liking a lot of the characters, characters you're supposed to actually hate. You end up liking. Um, they got the some a character that's very similar to, uh, like the Wolverine bad guy, you know. But he's so bad, he's cool type deal going on. Um, absolutely, if you find it, pick it up. I know I found a whole mess of them at the Midwest show that comes through um, and the other half of them I found in a quarter bin. So I'm still going to keep looking for them, but if you can find them, pick them up, check them out. They're great. Um, let's see. The next one I have, <laughs> I picked it up just because of the subject. It is Bigfoot by Steve Niles and Rob Zombie. And this is not what I expected at all. <laughs> this is an IDW book. Um, this came out in 2005. 
And it's about this family who went up to this cabin in the woods. They're looking forward to a nice vacation. And they hear some roaring coming from the woods. And uh, they're like, oh, I think something's out there. No, it's probably just a bear or a coyote or something like that. Don't worry about it. And so they send the kid to bed with the dog. And the mom and the dad are in the bedroom. And all of a sudden, Bigfoot comes crashing through the wall like the wall didn't exist at all. And apparently starts eating them. <laughs> he likes just rips them to shred and starts biting them and eating them. It's like, okay, this is not what I pictured as a Bigfoot type character. But um, the kid sees the end of it where, because Bigfoot grabs the mom and carries her off. The dad's dead. And so they call the police and they're coming up into the, coming up and they're saying that it's a bear attack or something like that. You know that, but the sheriff sees the big footprints and like, Oh, we got a bigger problem than what I thought we did. And they, they're trying to talk to the kid, but the kid's catatonic. He's not talking at all. Um, and then all of a sudden you see the kid kind of walking through the woods, hollering for his mom, going into this cave. And the mom goes, you got a new dad now. It's Bigfoot. And Bigfoot turns to him and goes, hey, son. And what? all of a sudden, yeah. And all of a sudden, this character is just yelling no and suddenly is sitting up in his bed and it is the kid is now a, I can only assume a teenager. I can't tell from the picture because he's in a, in bed, but he, you can tell he is much older now and it leaves off there. Um, I really wanted to like this. It's not good. <laughs> the art is bad. Um, I was kind of hoping it was more along the lines of somebody telling the story, you know, like uh, they talked to people that supposedly saw Bigfoot or whatever, and they drew it into a comic. I should have known better the second I saw Steve Niles and Rob Zombie attached to it, because Steve Niles does a lot of horror books. Rob Zombie's obviously a big horror fan. Um, yeah, this is not good. Don't get it. Uh, <laughs> I and here's the real kicker. This is the part that irritates me just a little bit. I could have picked this up at a quarter bin. I saw it in a quarter bin one time. I'm like, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then I found it in the back issues, <clears throat> and I paid three times the price. Um, <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Should have gone with my first instinct. Okay. Um, the next one is called I Walk with Monsters um, by Sally Cantrino and uh, Paula Cornell. 
Paul Cornell's the writer. Sally Cantrino is the artist. Um, I didn't know what to think of this. I started reading this. It, it is a vault comic book. Um, I started reading it. I'm like, oh, wow, this is going to be really messed up. But uh starts with a, a girl who has been captured by somebody. And she's talking to him. And he's obviously got bad intentions for her. And she just keeps on saying, like, bad-mouthing him and, you know, um, making fun of what he's saying and everything else, knowing that this guy is about to mutilate her and, you know, do nasty things to her. And all of a sudden you hear, she, you hear this man or see this massive growl come across and this multi-eyed shadow dragon comes flying in and just snaps the guy in half. And the girl's still talking through this whole thing. She's seeing all of it. Doesn't phase her a bit. And it focuses on the girl for four panels and then switch it. When you turn the page, you get a full splash page and it's a naked guy sitting there and the girl goes, Hey, thanks for not getting any blood on me this time. And he's like, yeah, sure. Not a problem. And he gets up, get dressed and they're on their way. And you find out that the whole idea of this is she paired up with this guy to go get child molesters. So she's the bait. And then he goes in and kills all these child molesters is where the story's going. And kind of like your Tom King book, it does a time jump. Doesn't tell you it's doing a time jump, but it does a time jump. And, because at one point she goes, um, I hate it when it's on when these guys are on a farm. And it goes back in time, and you kind of see why she hated being on a farm. Because she was on a farm. Her brother was, or I think it's like an adopted brother. I, I kind of get the impression that these guys were orphans, and they were taken in by this farmer. And these kids stay around for a while. And once they hit a certain age, um, the farmer just kind of makes them disappear. And, um, so it's just building this story of why she does what she does. We don't have any background on the guy that turns into a dragon. Um, it, I don't know. I'm going to be very interested to see where this goes. Um, I know I want in towards the end, she and her orphan brother end up going to a carnival with the farmer that they're staying with. And he leaves her or leaves the brother with somebody in this tent, but she can't remember what the guy's name is. She can't remember what he looks like. And they were very creative about this they, because there's a full splash page and they show just a body saying hi to the kid. And he introduces himself, but over the head and where they say his name, a bunch of scribble marks. So you can't see what he looks like. You can't see what the name is. Wow. To, you know, 
the thing yeah. is, you kind of feel like it's a politician because she's like, I wish I could remember his name, but I'll never forget his face. And they're walking right behind a billboard that's showing a politician. And you kind of get the impression, why would they show that if it's not that guy? But uh, I don't know. They, I like Vault Comics. I kind of went out on a limb on this one. I didn't put this one down on my poll file like I normally do um, to try it out. I don't know if I'm going to continue to get it. I'm kind of curious to see where they go with it. But uh, it's not the most pleasant of reads. Wasn't there a movie like that too? Like Hard Candy? Well, I, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Hmm. Where the girl uh, baits serial, like baits pedophiles and kills them? Hmm. Yeah, I've, I've never seen it. But they, they, that could be. All right. And the final one, and possibly my favorite one, is uh, Kaiju Score uh, by James Patrick and Rem Bro. A brew. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I'm like, what in the world is going on here? It starts off with them talking about mullet fishes. And you're like, what in the world? And you come to find out that due to the nature of the mullet fish, it's going to make a very big impact on the story. So it starts off talking about the mullet fish and this guy is kind of telling you about all about the mullet fish. And then you find out that he is one of those guys that sets up um, crime jobs. He gets a crew put together. He goes out and gets the funding for it. And then they go out and pull off the job. And they introduce you to a safe cracker, which I'm still trying to figure out exactly what happens here. Um, She goes up to her apartment and somebody's in the apartment shoots her. She answers the the gal that shoots her, answers the phone, says that she's the gal she shot, who's Gina, and says that she'll take the job. And then proceeds to kill the original Gina, and they kind of leave it at that. Uh, Another guy that's on here, um, the supply guy, essentially, um, he can't get a job because he's bad luck. Um, he, a couple of the jobs he worked on, um, (laughs) so for example, the bad luck he had, uh, with the airport heist, uh, he got the perfect pilot uniforms. He got a charter plane, um, but a seagull flew into one of the engines (laughs) and, you know, and then another job, he got everything set up right, and a sinkhole happened right underneath him. And so he got the reputation of being bad luck. Nobody wants to work with him. So this guy's like, you know what? I, I'll get you hooked up with this crew. And so now he's a part of the crew. So we got the Gina thief that is not Gina. We've got a guy that is massively bad luck. 
the funding is your typical mob boss type. And <clears throat> so the guy's laying out the plan. He's like, yeah, because of these migration patterns of the mullet fish, they're an endangered species. So they're going to be migrating onto land or around the docks around this time. And everybody's going to be out there to protect them. So the security at the, uh, the museum is going to be a whole lot less. It's going to be easier to get in and get this stuff. So you think this is going to be typically like, typical, like, um, like one of the Parker novels. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, Oh, I'm digging this. Absolutely digging it. And the funding guy is like, yeah, we're not doing this. He's like, you failed at everything. So he goes back and recalibrates a little bit to kind of come up with a plan. And then out of nowhere, <laughs> okay, before I move on. So he's recalibrating the plan, and they're watching the weather, and they're showing Florida, and they're showing how the migration patterns are happening and everything. And there is a picture of Godzilla just off the coast. I'm like, wait, what? Turn the page. Yeah, monster Godzilla monsters are coming out of the ocean. And so this guy that's playing in this heist gets up on top of a apartment building, eye level with this monster, and does a selfie with him and sends it to the crime boss that's trying to fund it. And the crime boss is like, okay, well, clearly you're gutsy. Yeah, get your team together. You're going to do this. But if you fail, you're dead. And that's where they leave it off at. This was fun. This was great. I was thoroughly enjoyed enjoyed it. Um, I was not sure what it was all about. And it starts off weird. But this needs, I mean, you need to check this out. This is just fantastic. It's a great story. Very entertaining. Look into it. And that's what I got. Cool. Had a lot. You know, between the two of us with uh, being off a week. <laughs> yeah. I wish I would have read more this week than I did because I read most of them last week. So I, I, I read some stuff that I was like, you know, I don't want to talk about this one. I don't want to talk about this either. I mean. <laughs> I was the same way. I What I ended up doing was I read a lot of, I had a lot of stuff for last week ready to go. And then I had my little, family emergency stuff and we didn't do the show and I'm like, well, I need to read this for this week. We need to read Modoc for this week. I needed to read, uh, or, you know, in a infinity I'd already read. So I just started reading a whole bunch of back issue stuff that I had stockpiled that I wasn't planning on doing for the show at all. And, uh, it was getting up caught up that way. So, yeah, I would kind of wish I held off a little bit and saved some of them so I could remember the stories a little bit better on some of those things. But, right. um, you know, I did enjoy a lot of what I read. There's just there was some goofy stuff in there, too. Oof. All right, man. Um, Scott, do you want to come in or are we going to sign off? You don't know? Hey, there he is. Hey, Scott. Hey, Scott. 
Is he there? One last time. Anybody hey, hear me? Hey, there there he is. you are. Aha. Yeah. It helps when I don't mute the microphone. <laughs> Tell that to Arnie. I mean... Arnie. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, you're going to have to send us both to Mike school, apparently. <laughs> um, uh, uh, for uh, remedial mic training. Um Tell us uh, to uh, not uh, shove the mics inside our mouths and <laughs> there was a huge other things that we should already that. know. Yeah, huge learning curve. <laughs> don't turn your mics off. Don't eat them. And don't scream at <laughs> <in> them. <laughs> <laughs> I like to breathe into my microphone, uh, especially when I'm on... On the phone, uh, it uh, uh, helps keeps the um, salespeople away. It right. creeps them out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> so so on the Discord channel, I just put up a link to a web comic that I only just discovered, and I'm loving it so far. I'm only about uh, 10 episodes in, and it is called Dragon Sparking by Nathan McMilliams. And I, uh, I'll post some screen captures when I'm able to uh, get Discord working on my uh, desktop, which is rebooting right now. So it's technical problems all over the place. So, Dragon Sparking, um, it is this uh, sci-fi, it loosely sci-fi, more more science fantasy uh, story about a young uh, lizard per lizard man who has gotten a job as a galactic ranger, and uh, his and he basically get, and his job is basically going around um, like a Texas Ranger and helping people. Uh, enforcing the law, uh, but I discovered this <clears throat> series uh, a couple of months ago because the author had entered a the um, Tezuka anime uh, contest, uh, which is an annual thing, and he drew this black and white origin story. Uh, of the character in order to enter the contest, and I read that one. And I thought it was eh, okay, but uh, then I went back and just over the weekend discovered the actual web comic, and it is gorgeous. <laughs> it's a drawn in a completely different style. It looks like a eight bit uh, video game, a really good looking eight bit video game. The action sequences are great. Um, every character in this story has a, can you guys still hear me or did I cut out? Oh, we can still hear. You're good. Okay. Yeah. Every, every character has a unique superpower called a spark. And, uh, you, uh, find out what your spark is after you've trained to a certain level. So it's a little like, uh, the rooster teeth series Ruby in that way. 
But our main characters, Spark, uh, is his is that he gets the power, the strength of a full size dragon uh, when he channels it. But uh, he also gets the anger of a full size dragon. So in order to maintain control, he tries to never go above 10% strength or so. And that's enough for him to kick the butt of 90% of the people that he meets. And so so you've got this uh, internal conflict woven into the external conflict. And it's, it's a fun read so far. So that's what I decided to share. Because that's what I'm reading tonight. Cool. Sounds really good. And that's on Tapas? Yes, it is. It's probably elsewhere, too, but I haven't looked that up yet. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yes, very bright, colorful, um, great action sequences. Um, it, it just has this uh, unique look to it that I like a lot. As long as it catches and that's all that I brought to the party. That's cool. We'll definitely have to check that out. All right. Uh, anybody got any news? Is it spoilers if I say there's a new Daredevil? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but that's okay. Okay, we'll so accept the spoiler. Issue 25. Matt Murdock goes to prison again, and somebody <laughs> takes over his role as the protector of Hell's Kitchen. This time, it's not Iron Fist. It's okay. somebody else. And I'm not going to tell you who it is, but it's is all it over Black the web Panther book. again? Because he was doing that for a while. <laughs> right. The man without fear, Black Panther. Um, I know who it is, but uh, yeah. Let's just, okay. it's, a, it's a woman, and it's not Echo this time. Oh. Okay, then I have no idea. All right. So I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah. Because I know you, you read Daredevil, right, Scott? Not regularly, no. Okay. No. I, I got into the, t into the television series, but it's not one of my standards. Not one of my go-tos. Okay. So I'm mildly interested. Yeah, they're, they're kind of wondering how, like, how long she's going to... or. Yeah, I'm going to say she is going to stay a hero. So, who knows? Who knows how, how long Black Widow is going to stay as Daredevil? That's news to me. <laughs> it, could, it could be easily anybody. Like, oh, yeah, Captain Marvel decided <laughs> to stop being Captain Marvel and be a street vigilante. Well, it can't be anybody anymore because you already eliminated Iron Fist and Echo. And Black Panther. And Black Panther. <laughs> and maybe it's the White Tiger. Maybe oh. it's a, I don't know. Misty Knight. Misty, yeah. They got to bring Misty in. <laughs> Mary Jane. When? <laughs> it's Uncle Ben. I'm sorry. It's just it's Uncle, Uncle Ben. <laughs> they finally pulled the trigger. They brought him back. They brought, brought the one guy. 
<laughs> and he's he's teamed up with Irving Forbush. <laughs> Was there ever a version of Daredevil in Spider Ham's universe? Mm. Oh, there is. It was actually in the most recent Spider Ham five story arc. I cannot think of oh. what what it was. Okay, so. okay, might be that guy. <laughs> uh, Dear Devil. Dear, that's who it was. Dear Devil. Dear Devil. I'm gonna throw a picture up on uh, Discord real quick. <laughs> yeah, Dear Devil. <laughs> that's too funny. Just Daredevil with antlers. <laughs> oh, uh, we do get a, we did get a question of what we uh, let's see. What do you think about the Moon Knight movie that's coming out in 2022? I know nothing about it because I try to avoid uh, spoilers with movies as much as humanly possible. Um, I'm vaguely aware that there were plans for a Moon Knight movie. Did not know that it was a definite thing. See, that's what I heard last, too. Was that I thought I saw... Oh... Well, the guy that plays Poe was supposed to be. Yep. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. I'd and be I'm, interested to see what they do with it. Yeah, I kind of wonder which way they're going to go. Are they going to go the street vigilante, or are they going to go the guy with the white suit? I don't know. I almost gonna... prefer the street vigilante. Right. I want the crazy I'm crazier than Batman Moon Knight. That would be the more interesting movie. Mm-hmm. How they're going to move that with the Avengers is going to be really weird. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. That... I, I really want it. I really want to see what they do. Because he's one of my favorites, like from all time. Like I've loved Moon Knight since, uh, probably back in '95. I got the whole series, and yeah, Mark Spector. Like back in the day, like they didn't really talk about Mark Spector being a, a loon, like with split personalities. He was just some guy that went out dressed like different people. Mm-hmm. But I really like the split personality angle. Like it's. Usually, like if you're playing like a role playing game and you're a split personality, it's way overdone. But having like, yeah, like he, the the crazy works for him, and I really hope that translates on film. Yeah, and it's not a joke. Well, if he's funny, like Tony Stark is not supposed to be. Not everybody has to be funny. Thor should not be funny. Uh, I don't know. It's yeah. easy for Thor because he doesn't fully understand everything that's going on as far as the lingo and stuff. I think right. that's an easy joke you can put in there. As long as um, they, they they don't make the split personalities a joke. Right. No, I think... Um, what did you say his name was? Oscar Isaac? 
I think he was – if he got it, I think he's an excellent choice. Um, you can kind of see what he can – don't think of just the Poe character. Go back and check out a movie called Sucker Punch. Pretty sure it's on Netflix right now. Um, and he is in that and plays several different roles in it. And if he pulls something off like that, fantastic. I think it would be a great movie. Um, but again, it really depends on which way they go with the character. And uh, I'm hoping it is the one with multiple personalities. Cool. Yeah, I love seeing the pictures like of the you know, Daniel Radcliffe as Moon Knight or Shia LaBeouf as Moon Knight. It's like, that'd be hilarious. Yeah, I thought that too when they did uh, Rob Patterson as Batman and then it happened. Um... <laughs> I'm waiting. I, I kind of want to see it. Just because I'm so sick of Batman movies, I hope this one kills it. I mean, there's even like if you've seen those commercials for like, uh, like a, like the Roku or the streaming thing that's like uh, find Batman movies, and it's like 800 of them on there. Mm-hmm. Like, there's too many Batman movies. If you can have a whole list of Batman movies, that's too many. Well, most of them are animated. Uh, those, are the, those are the good ones. Yeah. Oh, I have been having a hankering to watch uh, Batman and Robin again, though. I don't know why. <laughs> why? But I don't know. <laughs> I'll say I'm one thing. I haven't watched that in a while. I, I ice skates. Ice skates. They click their heels together, and ice skates come out. <laughs> why not? I mean. Just yeah, just, just he's prepared for he's every prepared eventuality. eventuality. Hockey skates. And Bane, Bane. supposed to be a massive be character. character. Worthless for, for the most part. <laughs> what was he in the movie? Like two minutes? Yeah. For the most part, the guy who figured out Bruce Wayne's Poison Ivy's chauffeur. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the one of the most intellectual Batman villains. Turned into an idiot. <laughs> now, you guys are making me want to watch the old Adam West, Burt Ward Batman movie. The 66? Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, someday she just can't get rid of a bomb. That one. That's the yeah. best part. <laughs> oh, no, school kids. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, it's oh. a, yeah. Uh, let's see, best Joker of all time is another question we got. Oof. Wow. Huh. That's. <laughs> no, I have not danced with the devil in the pale moonlight. <laughs> Why do you ask? <laughs> oh, boy, that's ah, that. Yeah. I want to say Mark Hamill, but I feel like that's too easy of an answer. But, you know, I 
I lean that way too. I mean, I think Heath Ledger did a fantastic job. Um, Jack did a great job. I I have not seen the Joker movie, so I don't know um, how that was, but I heard great things about it. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm Jack Nicholson... Oh, I'm sorry. You first. I interrupted. I'm sorry. Larry Storch. The original voice of the Joker in the first animated series. Should I you go all, love? Should I go all hipster and tell you that it's it's actually Conrad Veidt from The Man Who Laughs from 1928? Well, of course you would. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I would say Jack. Jack did hit that uh, balance between uh, the evilness and the humor that seemed to work really well. Except for the part at the end where he tries to shoot the Joker in the street. The Batman hates guns. <laughs> he hates guns. <laughs> but he's got two giant Gatling guns on the Batjet trying to shoot the Joker in the street. I, you know, I think I'm going to have to actually go hmm. with Jack, too, just because that was the one I... That was, like, the big... Outside of Superman, that was the first big superhero movie yeah. I remember. And I and did see Jack the new Joker movie, and I did see the new Joker movie, and yes, it was excellent. Yet, as the Joker, he didn't really appear in the movie in the movie that much. It was just uh, a few minutes at the end. Yep. So, uh, and now they've got Alan Tudyk as the voice of the Joker in um, the Harley Quinn ser animated series. And I've, oh, I've only know that from the commercials, but it looks like he's doing a really good job. Alan Tudyk is. So, uh, I'm going to go Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. I was just I just yeah. put that question up there. Mark Hamill. <laughs> yeah, just like people were afraid of Mark Hamill during the like, the filming or the recording sessions because he got so into it. Yeah. <laughs> I had not heard that. Yeah, it, people uh. were like, he freaked us out. I think it's safe to say we're not going to say Cesar Romero. What? <laughs> the man who wouldn't shave his mustache off? <laughs> Trademark. Come on. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, none of these are bad choices, not even Caesar. I mean, he, he brought something unique to the table. He did. It was fun he to did. watch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, let me just ask this question. Best Lex Luthor? Huh. Oh, boy. If you say Gene Hackman, I will reach through this and punch you. <laughs> you know... <laughs> I almost did because it was the first name that came to mind. <laughs> so it's, so he's got, the, he's got the iconic angle lock, yeah. locked up. Yeah. He does. 
I'm torn between either Kevin Spacey or the kid from Smallville. Ooh, Kevin Spacey. That's a good answer. I know it was not the most beloved Superman film of all time, but I really thought he did a decent job, and he was what I pictured Lex Luthor as. I I like the uh, the Lex that's not the con artist. I like the business oriented, crazy CEO. Yeah, so I'm going to have to go with uh, Rosenbaum. Yeah, that's the thing I was trying to think of. Yeah. But. So it's weird. Like um, in the Crisis on Infinite Earths miniseries, it was played by. uh, Ducky. Yes. (laughs) Who who was Lex's cousin or nephew in Superman 4. Oh, that's right, he was. I forgot about that. (laughs) Which is a great callback. Wow, I completely forgot about that. I I know why, because, I mean, Superman 4 was not good. But (laughs) (laughs) I did forget about that. What is his name? John Cryer. Thank you. All I had was Ducky in my head. I couldn't get it out. <laughs> you know, the guy that slept on the couch in Two and a Half Men. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's either the Two and a Half Men guy, Ducky. I mean, I can't think of what his name is. Um... He played a great Lex, though. He was psychotic. I could see that easily for him. There are some good ones that played Lex then. Yeah. Huh. Oh, man. All right. <coughs> We've been on for an hour and a half. Yeah. Some of these shows go on forever. But that's okay. <laughs> well, I had fun. Good. Thank you for letting me on again. Hey, thanks for uh, joining us and Appreciate you adding to the Joker, Moon Knight, uh, Lex Luthor conversation there. Yeah, next week we'll talk about the best Hulk and the best Captain America. And <laughs> You never know. I know who my favorite Hulk is, but that's okay. All right. I do too. Anyhow. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up for tonight, but uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Godspeed. Bye. Have a good night. Bye.